Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from food professor Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Also on today's Prairie Egg Wire, we'll hear from BC Agriculture Minister Lana Popham. And up first in today's country comment, Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions will recap this morning's Stats Canada stocks report. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions to recap the December 31st Stats Canada stocks report. Well, I mean, as expected, you know, the stocks year on year came in quite a bit tighter than they were last year, you know, last December uh, 31st. Um, I think maybe, you know, it's hard to read too much into it, but I mean, there are some trade expectations. And the only notable one where they were sort of a, a little bit out of line with what happened was they were higher on the uh, all wheat sort of non-Durham number than what the actual number came out at. So the number came out, you know, uh, lower than they expected. But I would say that that was in line with what the production drop was. Like we had uh, the production dropping year on year by 34% for non-Durham wheat and stocks were 34% uh, tighter than, uh, than, you know, you would have expected them to be. Now, that being said, I mean, uh, you know, we did have some disruptions in the ability to export wheat out the Western uh, outlet uh, during that time. So, you know, that could have built the stocks a little bit bigger than they might otherwise be, which would then again suggest that the number was actually, uh, you know, even smaller than than maybe uh, the production number was smaller than maybe we thought it was. Talk a little bit about that uh, canola number down... uh... 43% 43% year over year to 7.6 million tons. Is that pretty much what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly well within the line of what we were expecting. I mean, I, I guess the, the bottom line is this, is that, you know, there's seven months left in the, in the marketing year, um, you know, as of the, that report. Typically, we'd be using, you know, somewhere around 1.5 million tons of canola between domestic usage and exports. And, uh, you know, we have 7.5 or 7.6 million tons left. I mean, yeah, I think there's been a bit of rationing, certainly on the export side and to a smaller degree on the, on the domestic side. But, I mean, it's very, very tight. And anybody hoping for sort of a surprise and like, oh, maybe StatsCan was too, uh, you know, too negative on the production side, uh, probably, you know, that is not, not a relevant argument right now. They're probably fairly close on the production side. And unless, you know, uh, some stocks that weren't reported or whatever magically appear. I mean, we're going to be dealing with a very tight situation for the remainder of the year, and we're dealing with a tight situation right when we're getting a you know uh, a downgrade in the South American soybean crop, a pretty precipitous downgrade in the South American soybean crop. So I would think a veg oil, you know, a veg seed, a vegetable oil seed with uh, you know very high oil content and good meal is, is going to be something that could be in greater demand over the next seven months or six months now, but you know what I mean. Uh, does this report have um, any impact on the markets usually? No, not typically. I wouldn't think it's a big report. I mean, there's uh, bigger stories. We got the WASD out tomorrow and, you know, typically the February WASD, like the USDA report, isn't, isn't a big one, but because of the ongoing sort of situation in South America, there's definitely like a heightened interest in the report tomorrow. So, I don't think the Stats Canada is going to move the market today. Now, again, it's a piece of information that comes out, and it's relevant. And and with regards to the wheat number, for example, I mean, if 
more incremental demand comes to Canada over the next, you know, six to seven months up until, uh, you know, September, where they have to rely on old crop stocks. I mean, you know, potentially, you know, that, that could make things a little bit more interesting at, at the ground root level. The other thing I would say is that, you know, it does confirm that if you're a feed grain buyer in Western Canada, I mean, the, our own feed stocks are quite tight, which means that, you know, we still would probably be wanting to import some U.S. corn. The problem there is that, you know, with the South American crop going backwards, that U.S. corn is now going to have, you know, uh, a higher value to the rest of the world. And we've seen the price go up quite a bit. So, you know, it might not be as readily available to Western Canada as it has been in the first, you know, five, six months of this marketing year. That was Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions recapping this morning's Stats Canada stocks report. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. BC farmers who suffered damages in last year's devastating floods will have access to up to $228 million in federal provincial government support. Yesterday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo and BC Agriculture Minister Lana Popham announced the Canada-BC Flood Recovery for Food Security Program, which will be delivered by the government of British Columbia and will leverage the federal government's agri-recovery framework and disaster financial assistance arrangements. Manitoba Beef Producers is encouraging members to register for the annual general meeting taking place online this Thursday. General Manager Carson Callum. Yeah, just encourage them to visit our website. Uh, there'll be a link there to register through Eventbrite, and they'll get all the meeting links well in advance to uh, get uh, hooked up. Callum says some of the topics covered will be business risk management tools, a market update, agra recovery changes. In addition to the regular business component, the event will also feature an update from the National Cattle Feeders Association. And last fall, the Canadian Dairy Commission recommended an increase of at least 8.4% on the price of milk paid to producers. For butter, the increase will exceed 12%. Sylvain Charlebois is a food professor at Dalhousie University. We have started to see increases of anywhere between 5 to 15%, depending of, uh, of where you live. That's for milk, food and milk prices. Uh, we are expecting dairy products to, uh, to follow suit in, in weeks to come. Bottom line is that the dairy section of the grocery store will become more expensive, unfortunately, for most Canadians. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, February 8th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from BC Agriculture Minister Lana Popham. BC farmers who suffered damages in last year's devastating floods will have access to up to $228 million in federal provincial government support. Yesterday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo and BC Agriculture Minister Lana Popham announced the Canada-BC Flood Recovery for Food Security Program, which will be delivered by the government of BC and will leverage the federal government's agri-recovery framework and disaster financial assistance arrangements. Minister Popham addressed the media. The past few months have been incredibly difficult for people and communities affected by flooding and the landslides in British Columbia. To remind everybody of the impact of this disaster and what it had on farmers, at the worst of it, there were over 1,100 farms under evacuation order or alert and 15,000 hectares of farmland impacted. Our dairy, poultry, poultry, beef and hog farms experienced serious losses of animals and infrastructure. 
and more than 7,500 tons of field vegetables were lost, as well as damages to many other crops, including berries, grains, plants, and nurseries. The flooding and landslides resulted in the largest ever agricultural disaster in BC's history, and arguably one of the worst years ever for farming in our province. The flooding followed the unprecedented challenges of a multi-year global pandemic and destructive climate change-related weather events, including wildfires, drought, and heat waves. But despite these challenges, BC farmers demonstrated a resilience and a commitment to recover that inspired all of us. And their spirit demonstrates the need that we have, the responsibility that we have to help farmers and our food system recover. The BC government has been working with our federal counterparts and local leaders to help our province build back better and this announcement is part of that. I would like to take this opportunity to thank my federal colleague, Minister Bebo, for visiting BC and for touring in December and for all the hard work and effort that was required to develop this joint response to help BC farmers in their recovery. From the Sumas Prairie in Abbotsford to Merritt to Princeton, as the waters rose, losses were incurred and farmers' hearts were broken. We're responding today with a program that delivers the greatest amount of financial support of its kind in BC's history. With $228 million in provincial and federal funding, we're helping farmers get their businesses back on track, as well as supporting our food security and our food economy. The funding will cover expenses in four main areas that are not covered by existing government programs or private insurance. The first category is returning flood impacted land and buildings to a safe environment for agricultural production. The second is the loss of perennial plants not raised for resale, like blueberry plants. Other categories include expenses relating to the repair of uninsurable farm infrastructure and costs for animal welfare, such as replacement feed, livestock transportation, and veterinary care. This program wouldn't have been made possible without the input and support of many BC farmers and farming organizations. We worked with them at each step of the way to make sure this response will work for farmers in combination with our crop insurance and income protection programs. They have told us that this will get, help them get back on track. During our meetings and phone calls, myself, Minister Bebo, and many government employees heard from every sector that experienced severe losses. Developing a comprehensive response that would work for all of them was complicated, but together we feel that we have landed in a good place. I'd like to thank from the bottom of my heart all the farmers and associations who contributed ideas and input to this package. We really couldn't have done it without you. My ministry staff were on the ground throughout this emergency, listening to farmers who needed help and doing their very best to deliver it. My staff are still here and they're ready to help with this next step. My ministry will be available to help applicants through this process, and we will provide supports in both English and Punjabi, making sure all applicants have the attention they need 
to move things as fast as possible. I'd like to thank all the farmers and food producers for their resilience, their dedication, and their patience as we, we develop this recovery response. We know how hard it's been on you, your families, and your communities. When I was reporting out on the flood situation in November and December, I was able to share many of your stories with British Columbians. The stories I shared were a glimpse into a world that many knew nothing of, and it was a glance into a community that many fell in love with. The caring, the sharing, and the bravery you showed made all of us extremely proud. And British Columbians understand that the best way that they can help is to continue to buy BC. That was BC Agriculture Minister Lana Popham speaking yesterday in regards to the Canada-BC Flood Recovery for Food Security Program. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Prairie Organics Conference is taking place this week virtually. Wraps up tomorrow. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting its 43rd annual general meeting on Thursday in an online setting. Visit their website to register. The Manitoba Organic Alliance annual meeting takes place via Zoom February 15th. Register on their website. And with Crop Connect being cancelled this year, there are a number of individual AGMs taking place. That includes Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers on February 16th at 9 a.m. The Manitoba Oat Growers February 16th at 1 p.m. Manitoba Canola Growers February 17th at 9 a.m. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance February 17th at 1 p.m. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Last fall, the Canadian Dairy Commission recommended an increase of at least 8.4% on the price of milk paid to producers. For butter, the increase will exceed 12%. Sylvain Charlebois is a food professor at Dalhousie University. We have started to see increases uh, of anywhere between 5 to 15%, depending of, uh, of where you live. Uh, that's for milk, uh, fluid milk prices. Uh, we are expecting dairy products to, uh, to follow suit in, in weeks to come. Uh, bottom line is that the dairy section of the grocery store will become more expensive, unfortunately, for for most Canadians. Just talk about, you know, the, the whole process here on how this came about. I know you have some issues with, with how things were done there. Yeah, absolutely. So the Canadian Dairy Commission every year will survey over 200 dairy farmers uh, and we'll ask them about about the cost to produce milk, essentially, and that's how they come with a, with a recommendation. But uh, to have access to, to that primary data has been impossible. So we don't know how the sample design actually uh, works, how it impacts the evaluation of costs. Uh, we don't know where these far farms are coming from, uh, unfortunately. So the transparency of the system itself is, uh, is questionable at best. And, uh, and, and because uh, we have a government-sanctioned quota system in dairy, unlike other commodities, it's important for the CDC to show more transparency so Canadians actually know what's going on and why they're being charged more when they go to the grocery store. Sylvain, just talk a little bit about the, the recent ruling by the uh, Kuzma Tribunal. Yeah, so essentially back in December, we, uh, we all realized that, uh, that uh, import quotas uh, weren't necessarily honored uh, on our side. So we weren't importing as many uh, American products into Canada uh, as much as, as, as scheduled. 
and uh, and so Americans actually challenged Canada, and they won. And so we had until February third uh, to settle with the Americans, but nothing has been reported so far. So we don't know what's going on. Uh, what kind of arrangements has Canada made with the Americans to allow more American products into the Canadian market? But at the end of the day, of course, with less competition, uh, we are expecting prices to rise even more. Uh, the uh, problem with that is that dairy farmers were compensated. Uh, they're being given $1.75 billion over four years in compensation for a losing market share to, to American products. But when we learned that American products weren't actually entering the Canadian market, uh, one has to wonder why are we compensating dairy farmers in the first place. That was Sylvain Charlebois, a food professor at Dalhousie University, talking about increased dairy prices. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture has calculated that by today, a Canadian household of average income will have earned enough to pay for their entire year's grocery bill. Canadians spent 10.7% of their disposable income on food in 2021, which is slightly lower than the 11% of disposable income spent on food in 2020. Due to this, Food Freedom Day is now one day earlier, landing on February 8th of this year. Consumers are starting to see dairy prices increase at the grocery store. Last fall, the Canadian Dairy Commission recommended an increase of at least 8.4% on the price of milk paid to producers. For butter, the increase will exceed 12%. This is the largest increase announced by the CDC in more than 50 years, almost double the previous record. Sylvain Charlebois is a food professor at Dalhousie University. So the Canadian Dairy Commission every year will survey over 200 dairy farmers and will ask them about about the cost to produce milk, essentially, and that's how they come with a, with a recommendation. But uh, to have access to, to that primary data has been impossible. So we don't know how the sample design actually works how it impacts the evaluation of cost. We don't know where these farms are coming from, uh, unfortunately. So the transparency of the system itself is, uh, is questionable at best. And Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting its 43rd annual general meeting online this Thursday. Here's General Manager Carson Callum. Plan will be mid morning. Start with some some knowledge sessions. Uh, this one will be focusing on business risk management tools that are available both, both provincially and federally. Uh, there'll be a market update, and then we'll probably have some information on some of the agri recovery changes announced. And then in the afternoon, we'll get into our usual business component. You know, the the updates for myself, president, um, financial report. Go over a few the resolutions that we have in, as well as some bylaw changes to kind of round out the day. We're going to be hearing an update from the National Cattle Feeders Association. Members can register for the meeting on the Manitoba Beef Producers website. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show... We'll have details on the February USDA WASDE reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.